everyone. Welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast. And today, um, I wanted to just start off with something that I find funny. And I do think it sort of ties into this whole What is a Podcast theme. Um, so at my job, like I have to be on camera and I have to talk to people, um, which I think I've established on this podcast that that's what I'm doing right now in the pandemic is I'm on camera, I'm talking to people for hours a day, right? And in that, I get supervised every once in a while, like people will pop in and they'll like just make sure everything's working and all that. And today, or not today, but earlier in this week and last week, I don't know exactly what day it was, but earlier, um, I was told that I gave off podcaster vibes. I have podcaster energy. I have the look of a podcaster, which is strange to me for two reasons. One, because I don't really tell people that I have two podcasts that I do, right? If you know who I am like in real life and you listen to this, um, first of all, thank you. Um, second of all, hi, I hope you're doing well. And third of all, like, are you ever going to tell me? Because I don't really advertise it to people that I know. I don't really feel comfortable promoting it to like my actual friends and family i'll promote it to strangers all day but like people that i know it's a little bit different and maybe if i was on the level where like i knew that this podcasting thing would take me to the moon right then i would tell everybody but i'm not there yet right so getting that comment and then i have to like play dumb right and i'm like oh, like, that doesn't make any sense. Or, oh, time to get a microphone. Like, making, like, stupid jokes like that. Or, oh, should I get a podcast? And the consensus was, yes, I should have a podcast. And again, little do you know, I do two of these fucking things. So that was something that I thought was funny. And I also got to thinking, like, what is like the podcaster energy, right? I w- at first I assumed it was a compliment of my voice. And voice compliments or like saying you have a nice voice is not something that I've heard often. It is something I've heard sometimes. I'd say probably less than 10 times have I been complimented on my actual voice. But I have heard it before, right? But it's also like I listen to lots of podcasts right and some podcasts aren't like the typical radio voice and I don't even think I have the typical radio voice but at first I I was thinking like this must be a compliment of my voice because the nature of podcasting and by extension radio is that you cannot see the person I know some people do live podcasts or they stream it on YouTube or Twitch or they have the whole podcasting setup. And I know that for a lot of podcasters, they are very visible, very recognizable. But a podcast at its core, like if you're just like perusing the app looking for something new, right? You don't exactly know what the host looks like and the what the host looks like or what the host you know means to you is something completely different right so thinking about my voice and I thought that's an odd compliment right that's an 
odd thing to sort of compliment me on because that's not something I get complimented on a lot, right? But I took it. I was like, okay, maybe I have a nice voice. Maybe I should really go all in on this whole podcasting thing and really try to build out my empire and take care of my instrument and things like that. But then I was thinking, right? Because a lot of it also has to do with like the setup that I was in, right? Then I was thinking like, is this actually a compliment? And I think it is a compliment. I ran a poll on my Instagram stories and people there seemed to think it was a compliment. So having my setup, right? I thought, oh, maybe she thinks um, I'm kind of nerdy and I have a nerdy setup, which again, not entirely a bad thing. Like I have headphones that I pull over my ears and I have like a microphone and I I set it up so I'm like as ergonomic as possible so I'm sitting up straight and you know I have my hat on and I have my headphones on it's a whole big deal that I that I do right but I thought oh maybe she's complimenting the setup and not so much my voice right um and again I'm fine with either one, right? It's not usually a compliment I get, but I'm fine with either one. Maybe that's a sign of personal growth, right? That, you know, I'm more secure in what I'm saying and therefore my voice sounds maybe a little bit more powerful. Who knows, right? But then I thought the third option, which is not the voice, not the setup, but my actual physical appearance, right? And if I look like an actual podcaster, at first that means nothing because like i said the very nature of a podcast is you do not know what people look like or knowing what people look like is not a requirement to listen to the podcast right but if i look like a podcaster and i have like glasses i don't consider myself hipster but some people have called me hipster i don't really understand it and i've never really been all in on it but I I have like the button up shirts that I'm really wearing for work purposes at this point. It's hella hot in California. Like it's so hot that you don't need a microwave to like warm up your food. You could just leave it out in the kitchen and then come back a little bit later and you'll have like good enough food to eat. So like in terms of like how I'm dressing, like the button up shirts is really just to have some semblance of business casual here. But I do think the way that I look, I can see how the way that I look on camera could give listens to podcast energy. Maybe not actually do a podcast, but listens to podcasts. I can definitely see that with like a button up shirt and a hat on and the glasses on and then you have the headphones on. It's a whole thing that I think could potentially lead to like podcast energy, listening to podcasts, like, you know, being extremely passionate about podcasts. I can see that. But looking like someone who does podcasts, that's still something I'm trying to figure out, right? Because of all the podcasters that I know, right, the one that I resemble the most is probably, and this might be a stretch for some of you, um is probably Shea Serrano. Not resemble in terms of talent or success or critical acclaim, no. But I was looking at pictures of Shea Serrano because I was looking at people whose podcasts I've listened to and what they look like and what they, you know, do outside. I'm like, oh, 
Shea Serrano is the one that kind of looks like me, except I'm not bald, but I think it also might be the glasses, because like in a lot of pictures of Shea Serrano, and if you don't know who Shea Serrano is, Google it. Um, yeah, sure, I guess that works. Um, but he wears glasses that are similar to mine, and I think that's what's pulling everything together. But if your image of a podcaster is Shea Serrano, and then you imagine Shea Serrano with a bit darker skin, and Shea Serrano with a lot more hair, and Shea Serrano with a fraction of the success and notoriety, then you get me. And if that's your image, then yeah, I look like a podcaster. But it was just so funny because like that's something that I wouldn't think that someone would say out loud. And I did initially take it as a compliment. I had some kicking back and forth thoughts, but now I'm solidly in the compliment um, range. And, and I don't know if this person listens. Like They might have been trying to get me to admit that I, I do this regularly and they want me to just sort of spread my wings. Well, I'm not spreading the wings yet, but again, if you're listening, thank you, I appreciate it. Um, but it's it was either like a slide try to pull some of this stuff out of me or a genuine compliment. Either way, I'm actually kind of happy about it because you listened long enough to sort of um, l- consistently want more from me. And I think that is... That is a compliment in and of itself, right? Um, but pivoting to more personal news, um, the the sort of juggernaut that is TikTok. And I've mentioned recently, like on and off, but recently, that I kind of like TikTok. I've been on it, I've used it, and I've been using it more and more because I've been getting more and more followers and attention and I have like legitimate like people I communicate with on TikTok. So I want to I want to tell a, a bit of a story. So about a week and a half ago, I posted a TikTok. It took me literally one minute to make, right? It was like a six second, seven second video, right? So it took me a couple seconds to actually record. I got it first take. And then it took like a minute to edit it because I had to put like some text bubbles on it and make sure everything matched. So it took me about a minute to edit it. And then I posted it, right, thinking, whatever, I'm just going to post this and it's going to probably not get a lot of views because I post things and they don't get views and that's fine, right? I'm not famous. I'm just TikToking for fun, right? But then the TikTok all of a sudden gets lots of views and it's getting more views and it's getting more likes and it's getting more comments. And one of the best features of TikTok is that you can respond to a comment with another TikTok. Someone can comment some crazy shit on your page. All you have to do is make a video destroying that comment and then people are going to be on your side and people are going to like that. And really, it just gains you popularity if the, the stars are aligned, right? So I'm getting more comments. I'm responding to these comments with videos. Those video responses are also getting likes and comments and it's a cycle. And before you know it, I'm gaining like 400 followers, like close to 500 followers in a week and a half. And 
I am not famous on TikTok or anything like that, right? The most powerful people on TikTok have millions of followers. But I went from like 500 to like 900 in about a week and a half. And I know that this growth can go in bursts and it can go um, sort of up and down. It's not necessarily exponential growth, right? But it felt like exponential growth for about two days or so, right? And the reason why I'm doing this is because I've been making more and more smart content on, on TikTok. I majored in linguistics and I study linguistics and I continue to read about linguistics and I decided to make some linguistics type videos. And the video that became popular was a linguistics video, albeit though not a very educational one, just a kind of silly one that I wanted to throw up. But either way, right, the linguistics video started to to take off, right? So I started making more, you know, give the people what they want. And I've been making linguistics videos for a while, but they didn't really spread outside of people who were actively seeking out linguistics, right? And had a really small community and the videos were doing well from my standards, but now they're going to a place that I wasn't expecting, right? And part of it is really, really cool. Like I get to make things um, using my brain, like just using what I know and delivering some educational hopefully entertaining content in under a minute and actually say, having people like say thank you like legitimately comments just saying thank you for this and i'm just like whoa right what is going on here i'm like even though i've been on the internet i've been an extremely online person for quite some time now right i've never been like extremely popular on the internet and I'm still not popular but it's something where it's like oh okay like I'm not dumb in doing this like I'm actually like kind of good at it am I you know I don't know who's the most popular person on TikTok um Charlie um something no I'm I'm not Charlie I'm not at that level yet but to see that I can do something that people enjoy and that people are understanding and that people are you know sharing and liking and commenting and you know grateful for right I just feel like it's just the culmination of being extremely online while also like working with students and with kids for a couple years and practicing my delivery methods over and over again and doing presentations and taking notes and studying like it's all like paying off to a point where I know that I can make something good right and that's really what I want like more so than fame necessarily or being successful doing like internet videos or anything like that I want to make things that are good right not necessarily like high budget i don't want to like direct movies or anything like that but make something that people like whether it's a tweet whether it's a youtube video a tiktok a podcast i want to do something good and i'm getting that confirmation that yes this is good i don't have to be 
ashamed of this or I don't have to be embarrassed by it because people like it and they're continuing to like it. Although it is a double-edged sword because now I'm sort of trying to squeeze any content out of my asshole. And I'm not out of ideas. I have ideas that I'll I'll kick around, right? And I will go through and I'll try some things out. Sometimes I have to do a couple takes, right? But it's like, okay, right? They like this one. Now I got to come with the next one. Now I got to come with the next one. And that's uh, the shit about internet, right? If you are a regular actor, let's say, like a movie actor, and you do a good movie, you can coast off of a good movie for a while. Not only money-wise, but like reputation-wise. Like if you do a good movie, people will fuck with that good movie. Even if the movie after that isn't very good, right? They'll still be like, okay, you were great in this movie. I fuck with you in this movie. If you're on the internet in really any capacity, right? Um, creating something and you start getting more famous, right? The need for more content, more entertainment, it comes quickly, quickly, quickly. And you have to, or you don't have to, I I should preface this, you don't have to do like videos every day or consistently uploading or pushing out whatever you want to push out. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that it's probably advantageous to do that, right? To keep people going and attentive and paying attention to what you do, right? It's the consistency that's, you know, helps you sustain that success, right? Whereas I feel like in the more traditional media world, you can have one good project and and ride that wave, right? That's like M. Night Shyamalan had like a couple good projects and a couple stinkers, but he can coast off of those good projects, even if you don't like what he did with Avatar The Last Airbender. Like there's movies out there that he's done that are really good and that's why he keeps getting jobs. He doesn't keep getting jobs because he made a shitty Avatar movie. He keeps getting jobs because people know that he has the potential to catch lightning in a bottle and make a really good movie. And I feel like in the internet sort of content creating, being successful space, you have to catch lightning in a bottle as fast as lightning even strikes, right? You're sort of keeping up with the lightning and you're chasing it with your bottle and you're hoping to catch it in the bottle and you don't always get a perfect shot, but at least you have a bottle and at least you sometimes get lightning. And it's a lot of ups and downs, right? And it's a double-edged sword, but I do, at the end of the day, I think what outweighs the cons and what outweighs, like, you know, spending time that I could be spending more productively, probably like probably doing something that makes me money, right? I can spend it doing something that I like and that other people like. And you know what? We're, we're all good. If other people like it, fine by me, right? If it takes me 10 seconds, if it takes me an hour, if you like it, I'm glad you liked it, right? I'm glad that I gave you something that you enjoy, even if you only enjoyed it for 10 seconds. That's great for me and great for you. I'm happy. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the real world. Enough about me. I've talked about me for 20 minutes now. So 
And this is something that I find interesting now still, even though it's kind of old news, but I think that the fact that it is old news is still kind of interesting. And that is Jessica Krug or Krug or some other pronunciation. And if you somehow didn't hear about this woman, she's basically another Rachel Dolezal, except instead of being, you know, NAACP, she was pretending to be Afro-Latina and she was a professor at a college and she was doing it for a very long time. This is a white woman from Kansas trying to be an Afro-Latina, I believe, Puerto Rican uh, woman, right, from New York. But she was a white woman from Kansas. And looking at the pictures and looking at a lot of the evidence, I think to me, right, in my California trained eyes, like I've never been to New York, I've never been to Kansas, right? But to me, it looks like it's impossible to fall for this, right? It looks pretty obvious to me, right, that this was an okie doke from the beginning, right? And then I was thinking, right, are people falling for this or is Jessica Krug actually brilliant, right? In order to pull this off which with what seemed to be minimal effort, right? It wasn't like she was like out here in like painting her face darker or at least not that much darker, right? She seemed to just have like a little white person tan, right? And that's all she she needed, right? And it wasn't necessarily a super convincing accent. She put on like this New Yorkian accent that people later said was fake, right? So, or that was obviously fake. Of course it was fake, but it was like obviously fake and not a real authentic New York Puerto Rican accent, right? So with the things that are not convincing. This woman, Jessica Krug, has been able to do graduate level research at a university studying black people in like African history and African diaspora, things like that. At George Washington University, she was able to trick the university into hiring her under these pretenses. Right? And I can't think, but this is nothing short of brilliant. The only thing that caught up to her is that she realized that she's living a lie and she sort of exposed herself, right? But who knows what she said or how she convinced people, or maybe people are dumb and they just like don't know any Puerto Rican people. And because they didn't know any Puerto Rican people, Jessica Krug just sort of slid on through. I guess that is a possibility. But I feel like this it might be some strokes of genius there because if we look up Jessica Krug, one, like I said, it's not a dolezal situation where you can sort of, at least to me, it wasn't like where you squint your eyes and you're like, maybe, right? It wasn't that type of situation. I think Rachel Dolezal in her prime, you could squint and you can say maybe. You can give the benefit of the doubt. But Jessica Krug, right, didn't seem to be in that benefit of the doubt range, right? And and this is more of, like, uh, a logistical issue, right? But 
when you get hired for a job and like background checks, like especially at a university, like background checks, social security and like birth certificates and driver's licenses and all those things that you need, right, to get a job, right, or to like pass background checks and things like that. It seems like either she people didn't care or that she just finessed. I'm not sure. Right. But that seems to also lead me to a stroke of genius, because if you're a woman from Kansas, how did nobody in New York know? New York is a city of millions of people. How did not one of them figure out that you were not from there and that you were from Kansas? Because if there's one thing that native New Yorkers, New York City people know, it's when someone is not from New York. So how did you really just slither around here for quite literally decades, right? And then it's sort of her job choice that gets to me. And also with Dolezal as well, is that these people take up like leadership and educational positions, right? But their way of educating is to put on this mask, this ultimately harmful, offensive mask and this social mask, right? But you end up putting on this mask of another race and you're pretending to be another race, which a lot of times has to do with essentialized or maybe stereotypical points, right? Because it's not necessarily what the race is, it's your perception of it, right? So... This person, you know, assumed the identity, like woke up, put on her racial invisibility cloak, right? And went to work as a teacher and as an educator. And Dolezal was in the NAACP and she was, you know, advocating and educating people and all that. And it's like, do you really have to pretend to educate? Like, can you like just come as yourself? Right. It makes me wonder how many of my teachers were just pretending. And I don't think any of them were actually pretending or trying to be something that they are not. Right. But I feel like you don't have to to lie, like just be a cool teacher. Right. A lot of the teachers that are like popular in high school are not popular because they like the same things that the kids like. Right. It's not because they try to be like the kids, though a lot of the cool teachers in school, other than like not giving any homework, is that they are cool because of who they are. And they embrace who they are, whether they like, you know, video games or sports or traveling or anything like that, like the cool teachers. And I know I've worked in a school, right? The cool teachers are just them, right? They're teachers first and then their personality second, right? And the teachers who people have suspicions about are all the other teachers, right? So looking at like being a teacher on a college level, and I'm talking about high school right now, but being a teacher on a college level and teaching these students and these students who are sort of still molding their minds. I have a theory that when you get to college, the first two years of college, you actually get dumber rather than smarter. And you're sort of learning how to be on your own and you're learning how to learn on your own. And that takes some time, especially with your prefrontal cortex and all of that. So I feel like these kids who are like in a very metamorphous 
state. They are very much changing as people. And you're going to put someone in there that is a phony and have that person help mold the minds of people whose minds gratefully needed to be molded. And I think that's kind of fucked up because probably a more qualified person who is not faking is waiting for jobs like that. But unfortunately, they go to a white person that's faking and that is not gonna fly with me. Do I think this is funny? Yes. Do I think it's also really, really bad? Yes, right? But then Jessica Krug, this happened like a week ago, right? I haven't heard anything about this. No more jokes, no more anything, right? Whereas Rachel Dolezal still gets jokes. And I think Rachel Dolezal is also the first person to really popularize transracial, and I'm saying transracial in quotes, right? And I think Rachel sort of stuck by her guns in a way that um, Jessica Krug didn't, right? But this sort of like immediate devouring of memes and content and on to the next, right? Jessica Krug was a story for a day and a half, right? And then we moved on to different things. And I think part of that is the pandemic and how much, you know, quality work we still have to get through before it's easily searchable, right? But it just seems like you got the Dolezal treatment, but not the Dolezal longevity, right? And I think maybe... Maybe we need to do something like a Jessica Krug when they admit it and they know they're wrong and a Rachel Dolezal when they sort of stand by what they said and won't take no for an answer, right? Maybe that's when you have a Dolezal and when you're more apologetic, you're a Krug, right? That's just something that I'm putting out there for, for the language to know. But I just felt like, oh, this disappeared almost as fast as it came, and I wanted to know more about this Jessica person, but I guess I'll have to not trust my sources and find other sources. Um, But anyway, circling back to, I guess, something that affects my life, right? California and this goddamn heat wave. I mentioned it earlier, but California has been super hot. I live in the Bay Area and it was like 106, which if you've been here, you know, is not what we're built for. We're not built for 106. We're we're built for like 68, right? This isn't this is not what we're used to, right? And I'm a little different. I've lived in Riverside, California for four years, which is basically the desert. And as far as I'm concerned, the hottest place on earth, right? So I've been in that weather before. It's not that, but it's just like, oh no, this is going to be miserable, right? And it's just sort of like sitting and doing nothing and still sweating is the most annoying shit in the world. Like having a fan and trying to lay in front of it and turn it just right to the worst thing in the world because you're already uncomfortable because of the heat. And then you're making yourself more uncomfortable before you make yourself comfortable. Like doing nothing and sweating, not my fucking jam at all, right? You know, adjusting the fan while sweating and then sitting in front of a fan, not moving or anything like that, not my jam at all, right? And this heat wave and everything, like, 
I just feel like this climate change or if it's climate change or anything like that, I'm I'm getting more and more worried about it. If we're going to have to deal with more heat waves like this when it's not natural, then I I don't know what I'm going to do, right? The heat wave might make me move. Not the incredibly high costs of living, but constant heat waves will get me to a place that is cooler and you can mark my words on that or maybe not maybe i'll just be too much of a baby to move since i've lived in california for my whole life but i do think that these these heat waves are messing with productivity and my habit i noticed like when the heat wave struck i ate so much more and maybe it was just because i was sweating it all off but i ate so much more and i took naps and i didn't get shit done at all and i blamed it all on the sun And it's like, man, I am really being a piece of shit and I'm blaming it all on the sun, right? Not my own poor work ethic. Maybe it's a combination of both. But it's crazy, like, what those intense temperatures can do to you. I felt really strange. I didn't feel creative in the same way. I couldn't be anywhere without bucketing sweat all over everything. It was just a really awful time. But... There are fires everywhere. I saw fires in Oregon. There's like fires up and down the West Coast. So I hope people are safe from fires and everything like that. But it's like, man, these fires are not letting up. There's, you know, tragedy every day. And it's like, come on, 2020. Like, can can somebody get a break for like a day? Can we have world peace for a day? Right. No, no, nothing, no injustice, no nothing for like a day. People get out of prison for a day, all that stuff. We have world peace for a day that includes the animals, right? And let's just see how it works, right? Let's say we have world peace for one day, see if anyone likes it. And if we don't like it, I think we should probably still do it. Um, But just to like have some type of relief from the relentless pain cycle that is this year, right? That is something that is really, you know, needed, I feel like. Like, take take some time away from the internet and all that, that's fine, right? But you get dragged right back into the internet. And then it's again, tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. And I was like, man, when is this year going to be over? And when this year is over, does anything even change you don't know right and i'm sorry that i got to this place based off of you know a heat wave in california but that's where i am sometimes i just get get where i'm going with it right but the heat wave sucked right it's september not supposed to have a heat wave what's going on here what in the climate change is going on here i can't remember a heat wave like the one that i endured a few days ago. I cannot remember that. And oof, just I don't want I don't want to do it again. But I'm probably gonna have to. And last thing that I want to say here, and I do have to preserve my voice a little bit so these things haven't been the hour-long meat fest that I want them to be, but we'll make it work. Right, last thing. I was reading on the internet that 
per, not parental, I'm sorry, gender reveal parties are causing fires again during fire season. And I have to say, gender reveal parties, I think we need to let go. I think as a culture, as a society, like gender reveal parties, if they're becoming hazardous, we need to let them go. Because it's not like a baby shower. It's not a birthday. This is a gender reveal party. It's not even a cause for a party, right? It's just saying like, oh, I know what the gender of my baby is. That's not cause for celebration, at least not in my point of view, right? So first of all, not a good reason to have a party. Second of all, it can manifests in acts of terrorism, right? Setting a forest fire, right, on purpose, like you go to jail for things like that, right? So what happens at a gender reveal party when your pink and blue explosives go off, right? That's irresponsibility on your point, part, and there should be punishment for that in theory, right? And who knows if these people that did the gender reveal party are gonna get punished severely, Right. But there should be some type of consequences for that. But it seems like people who do the gender reveal parties and it goes wrong environmentally, right, don't necessarily have to answer for everything that they've done to harm the environment. Right. And that that's sort of suspicious to me. Right. But the gender reveal parties. Right. I just don't understand the entire point. Right. If you're going to just want your cousins and them to come over, right, just say that, right? If you want your friends to come over, just say that. And even now, as we're in COVID and we should be wearing masks all the time, right, what are you having a party for, right? But if this was the real world, right, I get that you want to have fun, you want to talk to people and all that, but a gender reveal party, I think we've seen pretty clearly, is not the way to go because the gender reveal party has started fires in the past in previous years and we're doing it again right but during fire season it's compounded by these more or less natural fires to your artificial fires and you're just you're not making the situation better right the whole state of california like people joke that the whole state is on fire and honestly we are getting pretty close. So I think the case for gender reveal parties is not very high. And the case against them is actually very high, including may destroy the state, may destroy the city, may destroy my house. All thanks to pyrotechnics that may or may not be legal, right? So looking at like this sort of gender reveal party as a whole, looking from the outside, looking in as someone who's never had a baby, right? It just seems like, don't do it, right? It seems like the common sense is to not have the gender reveal party. And if you want to reveal the gender, right, that's a text message, right? That's a Facebook post or a tweet, right? That's not party worthy, at least not anymore. And it's something that makes me scratch my head and continue to scratch until there's nothing left to scratch is this sort of tradition that has been going on and it means like pretty much nothing it doesn't really help and all you're doing is finding out boy or girl right 
and then, you know, maybe just have a baby, right? Whether it's a human or an animal or a whatever gender it is, like maybe just be stoked to have a baby and have your, you know, baby showers. There is cause for baby showers, baby's birthday, you know, taking care of the baby, babysitters, all of that is well and good, right? As long as it's a baby, right? We don't need to specify anything about the baby. Just know that we're having a baby. And if I want to tell you what the gender of the baby is, or if I want to keep it a surprise, either one works for me, right? As long as I'm saving the environment. And I think that that is something to take away from here is that the environment also, not a big fan of gender reveal parties with all like the pink and blue smoke and all that explosions. No, mother nature doesn't like that. So be like me, be like mother nature and say no to gender reveal parties. And I am going to cut it there. Um, I do have to save my voice because I have to work tomorrow and I need my voice in order to actually do my job. And even though I look like a podcaster while doing my actual job, my actual job is an actual job. So I need to keep it. So um, yeah, I'm going to cut it there. Thank you for listening, watching, paying attention. I will see you next week. Have a good one.